Hello and welcome to the Kiss the Wild podcast with your host, Kristen Wright. This is the space to unpack cultural scripts, narratives, and conditioning that are keeping you from living the juiciest version of yourself. You can expect conversations and thought-provoking ideas to help you reclaim your whole self in and out of the bedroom. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome to this week's episode of Kiss the Wild. I am Kristen Wright. I am your host today and as it has been so far, your host always, <laughs> the only host. Um, I definitely do intend to have guests on this podcast at some point, just the time pie of life has not allowed for it. So anyways, we have a beautiful sunshiny day here in May. I'm feeling just stoked to just be in this weather and I'm also feeling stoked because last Friday was a, um, I hosted, co-hosted an event. It was a circle called Come As You Are and there were 10 wonderful human beings who showed up with their big beautiful hearts and their yeses and it just was a beautiful evening to be in service of those yeses and to just share in the magic that we weave together. And so yeah, I'm just still basking in the glow of that evening with Grow Wild, Adrian at Grow Wild Retreats in Shawnigan Lake, BC. It was a beautiful, special time. Um, and I have a couple takeaways from that evening um, that has inspired the conversation today. So I want to talk a little bit about love. <laughs> this is for my single ladies in the house. Because there's a couple times in the evening and a couple shares that just reminded me of my own experience of being single and how challenging it can be. And, you know, also just this bigger thread, and this isn't necessarily for um, women who are single, this is women in partnership too, where as women, we really internalize so much of relational dynamics. You know, when someone says something to us or when someone behaves a certain way, we internalize that so deeply as like, oh God, that that's, you know, must be a real fault in me or a real, I'm broken or I'm the one who needs to change or what can I do better? Uh, and I think that really trickles down from the ways that we have really internalized in um, society and culture to be good girls, right? To be the people pleasers, to be showing up for everyone else in that sort of um, martyr type fashion. Although obviously that's probably not at the conscious, you know, forefront of our our actions and our thoughts, but it's definitely that underpinning that we really want to show up for the part, right? We really want to please everyone around us. We really want to be seen as good, as valuable, as worthy. And so we kind of end up like sloughing off parts of ourselves. We end up um, shape-shifting and um, giving up a lot of who we are. Um, in favor of, you know, feeling like we belong or that we are worthy or good. So 
let's dive into today's episode. I haven't thought of a name for it yet, but um, thank you to the beautiful souls who really showed, shared so deeply in Circle and for um, giving me this, I don't want to say inspiration because I'm not taking your struggles and turning it into inspiration, but uh, I guess we'll say like the creative insight to share this stuff and I hope it's really helpful for everyone. So first I want to talk about a little bit like how to trust and to open yourself up to love when you've been hurt, you know, many times in the past, which is pretty common in relationship or in the dating world, right? And then I want to talk about how to trust yourself when you're dating and how to feel okay being single when there's like that ache and desire to be with somebody else, right? Because I think like there's so much messaging out there and maybe it's like the spiritual and self-help personal development realms that it's like you have to love yourself first or it's when you aren't searching that you'll find someone. And I do believe those things are true. But I don't necessarily think that the way forward is also pretending that you don't want to love or, you know, building a wall of armor around yourself disguised as self-love. Like, I love myself so much, I don't need nobody, right? That can kind of end up turning into armor. Or if we've been hurt a lot, we can sort of go deep into the self-love world and use that as armor too, to protect our hearts from being hurt again. So... Like I said, we often do internalize everything. (laughs) Um, I had a conversation with a woman in circle who had been on a date with somebody and his comment to her was, you're very intimidating. And so she naturally, very naturally, like I say this with so much love and compassion because I can see myself in that experience and I'm sure you can too, took from that like, well, what am I doing that... I'm showing up so intimidating. Where am I being so guarded? Or where is this armor that I'm carrying? And as I was listening to her, my reflection was, I don't think that has anything to do with you. That sounds to me like someone, a man specifically in this case, just really not being in their power. Like a man that isn't able to show up for you in the ways that you maybe desire or need somebody to romantically, right? So we got to stop doing that. (laughs) If you're dating and someone makes a remark about you, it might not be about you. It really might be about them. And of course, take all of this with a grain of salt. There's so much fucking nuance in what I'm sharing today. Like I really get that. And I don't have two hours to deep dive on this with you because I think there's always that, um, the both and situation of sure, it's probably more about them and sure also we can definitely take a look and self-reflect and I think that's very healthy to take radical responsibility in relationships which I'm going to touch on a little bit more further on in this episode but just for the sake of this moment right here let's say like a comment like that a remark that someone says to you that's more about them than it is about you and it's also really telling instead of if we don't take the time and energy to internalize that or in our internalization of that sort of make excuses for someone else's crappy behavior or the way that someone else is maybe showing up that isn't in alignment with you Um, by internalizing that you're maybe not being like as conscious or focused on that right and so when we can say like well 
I think that might be more about you, then it becomes a little bit more clear that maybe this person just isn't in alignment or isn't the right person for me. So if you have been in relationships with um, men or any person who don't treat you the way that you've been wanting, again, that's not necessarily about you. That's more about them. And so, sure, could you tighten up boundaries? Yes, maybe you could ask more for what you need. Sure, but it's not a character flaw. I really can't stress that enough because I think we get out of relationships like that and I've been in like a mentally sort of borderline abusive relationship and I left it thinking, you know, oh, all of these things that I did wrong or that you know, were character flaws in me, which some of it, yeah, I did need to grow up a little bit. And there was a lot of things that I did learn, but ultimately I spent a lot of time internalizing so much of the behavior along the way when I should have just been using that energy to tighten up my boundaries, to say no a little bit more. And I maybe would have walked away a little bit sooner, right? So here's what I remember about dating (laughs) for myself. And I hope this is relatable. I remember falling into that cycle of meeting someone, having them show interest, but then there'd be like signs, right? So there would be maybe some miscommunication, some game playing, some values or beliefs that weren't fully in alignment and I didn't take those as like red flags or signs that maybe this just wasn't for me. Instead, I'd compartmentalize it, I'd make excuses, or I'd find ways to justify their behavior, or I would just try to find ways to make it all work out, you know, in neat, tidy boxes in my mind. Um, Like I shared in my former relationship, which lasted six years. When I looked back, there was definitely some serious red flags, like the mentally abusive stuff, but I made a shit ton of excuses for that person. And I just think in retrospect, I just think in retrospect, this is how we end up in relationships where like six years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, we're going like, what the fuck? Or, you know, what am I doing here? How did I end up here? So I think if we had the big conversations from the get-go with people, um, if we held true to our boundaries and the vision that we have for the love that we desire, if we're able to trust that there was someone out there who was in alignment with those desires, then we'd be in a much better place in the dating world, you know, or in our relationships 10 years from now. So there's a great line um, from the book Conversations with God, and it's about falling in love. There's actually a great section about falling in love, and I don't recall, I don't have the book in front of me right now, and so I'm not going to read it for word for word. But essentially, it's about sort of getting swept up into the falling in love feeling 
but not being conscious about the choices that we're making ultimately. So we end up trading and bargaining, like let's say this hurt for that, or this desire for that, or this hope for that, this part of ourselves for that part of them, which I mean, love is a compromise. Relationships definitely take work. And this is where there's like a lot of nuance in that. But I think that if we, in the beginning, when we are dating, if we enter into a relationship with our eyes wide open, with our true intentions spoken, like holding firm to those, our values, our beliefs, our boundaries, what it is we truly want, and those are received by somebody else, then that we're creating a very solid foundation. It's a better place to start than what we often do. Um, And in the book, it's like, you know, you just often enter into it because it's like, we fell in love, but we fell in love. Hey, we're over here. We fell in love. And that's the only reason we're, you know, or like that reason alone should be enough. And sometimes it is, but oftentimes it's not. And so I just think about, you know, in that former relationship that ended up lasting six years, <laughs> there was those moments in the beginning, like, yeah, we fell in love and it was fun. And there was, you know, things that were good, but there was also so many times that I was, you know, in my head, making excuses, trying to turn a blind eye. And so Of course, I had to learn everything that I needed to learn so that I could be here having this podcast now. And, you know, in time, I had no regrets. But if I could go back to younger Kristen, I definitely, you know, would have encouraged her to make a better choice earlier on. And it is something I thought about at the end of that relationship that there are often those signs and there is often that knowing I did know I did know I just didn't trust myself and I didn't know ultimately that I was worthy of something more or that honestly even something more could exist I didn't really have a healthy um, vision you know of what an amazing relationship could look like Maybe the better word is a healthy blueprint. You know, the what I grew up seeing um, in my life sort of paved the way, made that blueprint for what I thought was a healthy and happy relationship. Now, I want to share, I can't remember if I did already, and I think I may have in another podcast episode, so pardon me if you have already heard this story, but I want to share my experience of meeting Robbie because I feel like this is a very inspirational tale of how to keep the faith, like have that blind faith and that hope and that trust when you are dating, when you have that ache inside of you for love, when you know you want to meet somebody, but you're kind of stuck in that like dating cycle. So after my six-year relationship imploded, I went on like a, I don't know, life sabbatical. I <laughs> did some, I quit my massage therapy job. I did some traveling, um, fooled around a bit, had some fun. I wasn't up for anything serious. And then I got to a point where I was ready for more. And 
I decided to kind of start getting a little bit more serious. And so um, I was dating and I met a few men, you know, there was a few men in my orbit. But what I found time and time again, that I kind of fell into these cycles of really trying to prove my worth. And so it just felt like these men weren't really giving me the time and attention that I desired. And so the cycle was, I think it's really as old as time is like girl meets boy or, and really boy meets girl or girl meets girl, boy meets boy. Um, you know, there's interest. And then, you know, a game of chase ensues. <laughs> and so I felt like I was always the one chasing saying, hey, like, I've got a lot to offer here. I mean, obviously, I wasn't literally saying those words, but I do know that I was being clear about what I wanted, and it felt like, you know, there was interest, and then a pulling back, and then like a resurfacing just to make sure that like I didn't fully disappear, um, and then, you know, just not not really meeting me where I wanted to be met, and so there was one guy in particular And like I said, I felt like I had been really clear about what I was interested in and he seemed keen, but he was definitely like playing the games. We would hang out, we'd have a great time and then he'd kind of disappear and then he'd resurface, want to hang out and, you know, let's go do this thing. Cool. We'd have a great time. And then he'd kind of, you know, just wasn't showing up in the ways that I felt like I had asked. And so it just felt like one day something finally clicked for me. And I knew, I just knew that I was worth more than the scraps that I was being fed. Like I felt like I had to really dig fucking deep and just, I don't know, come out of like that a coma. It's like a coma, a love coma where... I just knew that I wanted more and that I wasn't going to get it spending time and energy on somebody who wasn't meeting me where I was at, right? And so when he reached back around to say like, hey, you want to go hang out? I told him to lose my number. (laughs) I just remember, I think it was a text message. It could have been a phone conversation. No, I, I mean, who talks on the phone these days? I'm pretty sure I just said like, hey, like, I get the sense that you really aren't interested in what I'm interested in right now. And I really need you to lose my number. And it felt equally terrifying and equally liberating. So terrifying in the sense that I just took a leap into the unknown. I chose, quote unquote, like, loneliness over having at least someone who was there like some of the time, you know? But that being said, I was ready for a great love. I wasn't ready for like a half-ass love. I wasn't I wasn't or I wasn't there for a half-ass love. I wasn't there to get like half of what it is I desired in partnership. I was there for like the full meal deal, you know? And I really had to know that I was worth that. And also that my life was really great. Like ultimately, I wasn't lonely. Sure, I wanted to share that greatness with somebody else. 
I wanted to share the highs and the lows. I wanted to like be in it and have that experience with somebody else. But, you know, not if they were only there for half of it. (laughs) So I took a leap into the unknown. I trusted in myself. I trusted in my worth. And I had no clue what the hell was going to happen, you know? But it's like the universe did. I think I definitely set some wavelengths off into the greater, you know, unseen because it was a week later that Robbie, who was actually somebody who was already kind of in my life, but not in a capacity where they were like open for a relationship, he just showed up and he asked me if I wanted to go on a snowshoe date. And it's like he just got dropped out of the sky into my sweet hot hands, (laughs) like a gift from the gods. (laughs) Um, And the rest is really history. We went on a snowshoe date, we hit it off, and it was, I never had that question mark in my head. There was never like a a compartmentalization. I never had to make excuses. I never had to justify his behavior. I never had to question if he was interested in me because he was fully available. He was ready and he wanted me. He wanted me like I wanted him. We didn't play any games. It just, it happened. It happened in the most beautiful way. And I truly hold that vision for anyone who is looking for love. So here's what I wanna say. It can feel really terrifying to double down on your romantic desires. Terrifying in that there's a whole lot of blind faith. You need to believe that your person is out there and you need to believe that you are worthy of a great love. You need to hold that blueprint that great love exists. Now, I'm again, this is nuanced because I'm not saying that there's no struggle, but I am saying when we start out with a really solid foundation, it's a lot easier. It's so much easier with less heartache. I'm, I'm living proof of that. So what I believe to be true is that when you meet that person, all of the no's it will have taken to get to that place will feel infinitely worth it. So you have to trust your no. Trust when it isn't a good fit. Believe someone when they show you who they really are. And again, there's nuance in that for sure. But if you find yourself making excuses continually for somebody, then move along. For example, say somebody shows you a version of themselves that you can get a sense is like, you know, maybe like an inner child wound or an attachment issue. You can force that person, or sorry, you can't force that person to work on those. And so if they don't take the initiative to handle their shit and you find yourself making those excuses again and again, in the beginning especially, I would move along. Because unless you want to be in that energy of nagging, of like, you know, being the person who's encouraging your partner to do the work they need to do, that's not a great foundation to start out on, right? 
Not to mention that you should never assume that someone is going to change. So if there are things that really bother you, you have to decide if those are things that you can live with forever. (laughs) So I'll give you a silly example. When I met my partner, he didn't drink water and it really bothered me because I felt like I care for this person. I want them to be healthy. How can a person live without drinking water? And so I had to decide in myself if I could live with that. And ultimately I could. And, you know, of course I mentioned it to him time and time again, but I couldn't change him. And then miraculously one day he did decide to drink water. So that was a win for me, but not because I nagged him. You know what I mean? Now, I know that's a really silly example, but it still holds true. You cannot assume that somebody is going to change. So when you start out dating, definitely share, you know, if there are needs or wants or things that, you know, feel challenging or could use some work. And if your partner is here for it, if they show up and they take initiative, that is so freaking wonderful. That is dating that is being in a relational relationship that is what it is all about my friend so it's not about feeling like okay somebody you know isn't meeting my needs 100% of the time so they got to get out of here or there's parts of this person that feel really tricky um, or are less in alignment so they need to get out of here it's you know definitely about coming to the relationship with your needs, with your desires, with, you know, whatever else it may be. And from that place, seeing what happens, right? Can we relate together? Can we work on this together as a team? Now, if you are out there in the dating world and you have been like burned in the past or you've been hurt or you feel like you are kind of continually attracting people who don't respect your needs or your boundaries, then it's really, really important that you double down on your vision for your romantic partnership and also take some time to heal you, to like really love up on yourself and to build those internal experiences of worth and love. The best and simplest way that I know to do that is to visualize yourself as a you know three or four year old like a toddler or you know can be a little bit older but see that little inner child part of you how would you treat that part of you would you like tell that part of you to like just get up and carry on and like stuff those feelings deep or Would you let yourself, that part of you, fall into thinking that you are worthless or that nobody will love you? Probably not. (laughs) Chances are, when you meet the visual of that little, innocent, divine part of you, you will feel overwhelmed or over overwhelmed, sorry, let me use good English, or overcome with love for yourself, with compassion for yourself. So anytime you find yourself falling into like uh, negative thinking or thoughts or feelings or beliefs about who you are, about what you offer to the uh, romantic partnership or the world or what you are worthy of, 
come back to this place, see yourself from that lens and give yourself what you need. That could be words of affirmation. That could be kind touch. That could be taking yourself out for um, a nice coffee or a treat or stroking your hair or I already said that stroking your hair. Silly me. That could be having a bubble bath. That could be like cooking yourself a really nourishing meal that could be buying yourself a book that is going to boost your self-confidence or taking one of my courses or coming to join me for one-on-one coaching those kinds of things right so really seeing yourself from that lens and treating yourself like the amazing beautiful worthy lovable person that you are now lastly i just want to talk about being in that space of waiting you know that space of trusting that your divine you know beloved partnership is coming for you because it's really tough to ache for connection and intimacy and love while simultaneously being told in self-help books that the way to find someone is by not needing them you know we are social beings we have a need for connection So my hot take is to build the internal experiences of what it is you desire. So get really curious about what you want to feel in partnership, what you are desiring from a partner. Is it connection, for example? So how does that feel in your body? What does, what is the sensation of connection in your body? What is the feeling of connection? And then what experiences in your life bring you a sense of that? Can you go out and cultivate more of that for yourself right here and right now? So we don't have to wait for someone. And again, this isn't about not needing people like I don't need no man or that kind of like attitude or belief, unless like that's truly how you feel, then all the power to you. But it's about giving you yourself that internal experience, being your own best lover. And from there, it gives us more autonomy and sovereignty to make healthy and aligned choices about who we let into our lives, right? If we are sitting back with an empty cup, waiting for somebody else to come and fill it, we are more likely to just, you know, like choose whoever is around, like get stuck in that place of being stuck in our heads or not making the best choices or not making choices that feel aligned or not honoring honoring our boundaries and our nose and what our gut or our heart is telling us. Versus, you know, say you want intimacy. Have you been intimate with yourself? Like, again, I'm not saying that hyper-independence is the way forward. And... Also, we don't live in a culture that promotes self-intimacy as women, right? Self-pleasure, or if you want to use the word masturbation, that's not like something that's this glorified experience that we're meant to feel like honored to partake in or like safe or like, um, what's the right, shame-free even, right? So what is it to spend an evening devoted to stroking your hair? or your face, or your lips, you know, having a luscious bath, sensually rubbing lotion into your body, and then touching yourself like a divine lover would. 
Or what other ways can you find intimacy in your life? Is it going to a women's moon circle or going to a yoga class or joining a book club, going to a poetry reading, inviting a friend over for a meal of food that you cook while having a rich discussion, you know, sitting down by candlelight to really share what's on your hearts and your minds. So the invitation is to be really real with what you need. And then first and foremost, giving that to yourself while holding the space that the right person is going to show up to join you in that, right? It's like having the best party of your life and deciding if someone is worthy of coming to join your party. You know, is their cheese dip up to par? Do they have like the best dancing shoes and some funky cool moves that would really enrich your party vibe? (laughs) Rather than feeling like there's no party and you need that other person to come and like turn on the music, right? Okay, so there you have it, my friend. In this episode, we talked about not internalizing, you know, the messages that we receive when we are dating, not making it about ourselves and really questioning where that information is coming from and why. We talked about how to trust that a great love is coming for you and to hold that blueprint for yourself. We talked about my own experience and how that has really laid down some of my thoughts and guidelines about dating and love and how it's so important to honor your needs to create a really solid foundation when starting out because it really sets the tone for your love life. And so it's so important to be in connection with what it is you want and need in relationship, to be honest about that with others. And then we talked about, you know, being really honest with yourself about your needs. Like it's not about not wanting to be with somebody or not needing somebody. It's about knowing what it is you want from a relationship, what you're desiring, and giving that to yourself first and foremost as a way to set yourself up for success, for autonomy, for sovereignty as you date, as you mingle, as you look for love. So I hope this episode has been helpful for you. Definitely leave me a rating and review if you've enjoyed this episode. You can find more of me on Instagram or if you would love to connect one-on-one, book a free consult call with me. You'll get 60 minutes of talk time with me. You can share your desires about love and sex and I will help you with the next steps moving forward that you can take right now that will benefit your love life. So head to the show notes and book your free call right now. Just do it. I look forward to talking to you. Okay, bye friends. I'll see you next time. Until then, stay